As today is International Podcast Day, we're going to release four episodes on one day to celebrate that fact, all recorded at Leeds Digital Festival. This episode is a bit of a content masterclass with Johnny Ross from Fleek Marketing. This is Tech Talks, your twice-weekly technology podcast celebrating International Podcast Day with myself, David Savage, powered by the Harvey Nash Group, where we talk to leaders from across the industry and bring you a bit of news. Joining me on, I'm not going to say today's episode because there are plenty of episodes today, but on this particular version of today's episode, Hannah Stevens. Hello. Hello. Hello, everyone. Are you enjoying Leeds Digital Festival? Really enjoying it from Birmingham. <laughs> no, I have actually seen quite a lot on socials. It does look really cool. Correct answer. <clears throat> yes. And yeah, and the person that is coming on the podcast has obviously been really involved with it and I've seen quite a lot on socials on fleek marketing and stuff that they've been doing so yeah looks quite cool looks quite cool there you go Johnny will be happy to hear that that visible um I do feel really bad as it alludes to (laughs) no I don't feel bad no that's wrong but as as alluded to in the in the podcast I had the opportunity to listen to his talk and chose to listen to a different one yeah that was quite an interesting listen that bit I was like awkward first time meeting and you chose YouTube not at all it was Johnny or someone else who I wasn't going to get an opportunity to talk to at all so I thought I'd spend that and then I interviewed Johnny the next day and went damn it (laughs) would have liked to listen to what Johnny had to say because he's a really good guest um So look, this is one of four episodes that we're dropping today, all from Leeds Digital Festival. So if you haven't already worked it out, because I'm trying to say it in all the other podcasts. So, you know, if you're missing that point by now, you're clearly not listening to them. Uh, But there are three other episodes today um, that that you can tune into to find out what's happening in Leeds, because it is Leeds Digital Festival. Um, Well, it's the penultimate day anyway. But we're going to dive into this conversation uh, from Johnny Ross from Fleet Marketing. It's all about content and marketing, which is right up our street. So we'll come back with some commentary on it afterwards. So I'm chatting to Johnny Ross. Uh, Johnny, you are primarily from Fleet Marketing as a digital marketing specialist, and you were speaking at Digital uh, Go Live um, as part of the Leeds Digital Festival yesterday at Ellen Road. Um, so thank you for making some time on, on the podcast, first of all. Oh, it's a pleasure. And, and uh, thanks for having me. Delighted to be here. How did you talk go yesterday? Yeah, it went really well. Um, I was up against uh, someone talking about YouTube at the same time. So it was fun to uh, <laughs> to see where people were going to go. Um, I, I, I am a bit proud to say that i had more numbers but there we go uh so, uh, so it, full but- transparency for anyone <laughs> listening i i was at ellen road and johnny knows full well that i decided to go and have a listen to, to the youtube <laughs> chat knowing that i'd have the opportunity to chat to you this morning so um, sorry <laughs> and, and, and that was my only reason for mentioning the numbers <laughs> no, no no not at all um so um uh, yeah it was it was really good because you know i mean first of all it was the first time that i'd been out speaking on a stage for like two years so mm-hmm. you know that's that's the first thing um but it was great to be in a room with with uh businesses um and uh it's, you know i've been running lots of 
webinars over the last uh, uh, 18 months online about search engine optimization. But, you know, you, you just can't, and many other marketing things, by the way, but you just can't get the engagement like yeah. I got yesterday. Um, and uh, and so, yes, for that reason, the I think the event went really well and the whole day was really good. You know what I noticed? Um, the people in the rooms of the event of the of the um talks that i attended they were all super engaged had loads of questions and the businesses were tailors they were um accessibility for websites they were recruitment they were online cookery businesses it was this real random there was a framing a picture framing business it was a real random mix highlighting i suppose how important digital has become which i suppose is brilliant for you when it comes to working in in seo and making sure that people can get can get seen yeah and and you're right especially with the event yesterday go digital live it does attract a a huge array of businesses tend to be uh small micro uh the the you tend not to get the sort of medium and and larger size but certainly in in the rest of Leeds digital festival you start tapping into the larger organizations but certainly at the event yesterday it's it is a huge as you've said a huge cross section of businesses and the takeaways from the talk, you know, in your in your primary role with 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 Fleek, what is your message to people right now around SEO? Well, I, I guess you know, forgetting SEO for a moment, it's it's about now's the time to reset your digital thoughts uh, in terms of you know how you're marketing what you're marketing and that that actually goes back to look you know what's your organization trying to achieve in terms of its objectives its values its vision and all of that is just so important and my advice is now's the time to reset uh, and make sure that you're fully prepared for 2022 um, and then start thinking about how you're going to market it because it's it's only until you've reset it and then i guess in answer to your question about the search engine optimization it's about just thinking you know the going back to real basics if you want to be found for a particular phrase or keyword you know are you using that phrase or keyword enough in your content um and are you ensuring that you're up to date with how people talk about your products and services and are you listening to your clients to really understand the words they're using is there um a danger i suppose as well with with some of those businesses i'm probably guilty of talking a lot of the time to to reasonably digitally mature businesses and i was sat next to a guy uh from a frame from a picture framing business and i suppose there is that thing that websites might be initially where you think or you think facebook but there are so many channels and people were people seem quite interested to know you know sh- should i do if i do this on one channel should i do it on another channel you know how do, how, do, how do i kind of make sure that i've got my covers sorry my base is covered and it could be quite confusing and especially when you're talking about you know making sure that you're you're using those phrases across all of your content to know how each of them works and how not to feel quite overwhelmed by it all yeah yeah you're right certainly in terms of the audience yesterday um the they're not as digital mature um and it, it i mean it's great to during the the Leeds Digital Festival to see the different types of businesses and and, and I think that's you know I mean let's be honest that's one of the reasons why Leeds Digital Festival was set up because the the harsh reality is that every business needs to be fully digital and this was a way to ensure that the, the it was very easy for any business to access uh, and to get into these conversations um so you're you're right when they're not as mature um it's around you know where do I start the 
there's so many channels, there's so many platforms, but it all has to come back to who's your audience. And based on on that, and, just, and again, so many of those smaller businesses sort of still think that, well, we can sell anything to anyone. I mean, any business needs our services or, you know, any consumer would like to buy this. Um, but it's that bit of challenge, you know, that you give them that then helps them think about, okay, well, who's the ideal target audience? What's their rough demographics? And, you know, let's be honest, are they playing on TikTok or, you know, are they uh, surfing uh, the website and, you know, using LinkedIn on a daily basis? So that that's where you then end up uh, deciding the sort of the channels to focus on. Now, you yourself, what's great, I think, is that you yourself not only talk about this, but you you roll your sleeves up and do it. You've got a passion for for podcasting. You're a you know you're a regular speaker at events and panels and 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 give social media masterclasses. But you, you've got a real passion for it yourself, right? Yeah, well, I've got a huge passion for content. So I've been uh, producing content for gosh, uh, uh, maybe like nearly 20 years. Um, and, uh, and it all started with blogging and I was, you know, doing a weekly blog for at least sort of 15 years. Um, and podcasting was just a, a step up from that really. It was just turning the text into audio. And I always knew that I wanted to be doing more video. Um, and you know, I did bits of video here and there, but it was just, you know, it was just, it, it, it was it was a bit of you know I don't really like myself on camera but also it was just like you know it just wasn't in my routine but I was doing I was doing bits of video and then COVID came along and you know COVID you know it's, no one need, needed COVID and, and it's certainly you know not a good thing overall but the harsh reality is that it did give me the little kick that I needed to actually start doing some regular video and within a couple of weeks it was like hang on a minute this could be all this could be a podcast this could easily be turned into a podcast so I started doing live video weekly live video and and within you know a, a month or so was turning that into podcasts and haven't stopped since and so I've sort of moved from the written to the audio and video which I'll be perfectly honest I enjoy way much more. You know, I never enjoyed English at school, uh, hated writing essays. Um, and uh, and so this has now given me the freedom that I needed. <laughs> and so how do you, um, how do you source the content? How do you kind of find the, first of all, how do you source content? And, and secondly, how do you find the focus to make sure that it's not just chatting, but it's chatting with with some kind of purpose behind it? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I've been in this for quite a while now, so I believe I understand certainly my audience and, 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 and the sort of generic, uh, type of audience that's, that's around that. And so it's really understanding their, their pain points and the things that they need and the value that I can add. And, and it's, and it's about, you know, making sure that I'm constantly up to date. So I'll spend, you know, a good at least hour a day, either reading or listening or watching content uh, in my, um, uh, I was about to say network, but that sounds small. So, you know, I'm talking about sort of, you know, from worldwide uh, digital leaders. Um, and so it's about, you know, constantly feeding myself with content, whether that be subscribing to competitors, subscribing to industry related news, subscribing to associations and, and membership groups. Um, but also, you know, as I said, listening to the lead, the people that are at the 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 front end of this uh, worldwide, and so it's it's yeah, it's a constant feeding myself and just making notes on oh that's a good idea, and I'll just have a big list of content ideas and just constantly go back to it and think mm, right, it's time to do this one. 
I think that research piece is really interesting because I've I've never really thought about it, right? And it came up a couple of times yesterday, but then I kind of had to think about what I do myself. And I don't listen to podcasts about technology or business, even for that matter. But I do listen to a lot of technology, sorry, a lot of podcasts about things like football and comedy and current affairs and whatever else. I, I listen to the Love Island podcast, not because I really particularly like Love Island that much, but because it's the most listened to podcast in the UK. So it's like, well, what are they doing? Um, and I saw on, on Radio 4 uh, an interview with Gary Lineker talking about what he'd learned from Des Lynham. And I, I, I kind of wonder whether people enough people do that whether you know when when they kind of go when a business goes we need to have a podcast we need to have a content channel we need to have a video whether they really do sit and think about the stuff that they love yeah well i mean there's a couple of things you've raised there i think um uh although i did have breakfast with des lyman lyman once so that's just a third thing that was at the back of my mind but anyway uh, <laughs> going back a few years there uh so um uh, I, <laughs> I think there's a few things that I was going to say. So the first thing is that jumps to mind is that I don't think enough businesses do that listening piece before they start producing content. So just like any platform, if you're about to go onto LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, whatever, you should always listen for a couple of weeks before you even say anything. Um, so just to understand, you know, how people use the platform and what people say. So that's just a little a little point. But you're, you're right. Uh, well, there's a couple of more things here. So, that, so you're right in terms of um, needing to stay up to date and listening to uh, other competitors as such, um, because it really helps you understand what works and what doesn't and, and what's topical um, and the other key thing that you've mentioned there I love the fact that you've you've talked about how you listen to all the other types of podcasts whether it be football or Love Island, Love Island or uh... <laughs> <laughs> don't get snooty now. <laughs> no, don't. Unfo unfortunately, I watched it. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, uh, whether it be and humor, I, I mean, I love comedy podcasts, but the key thing there is ensuring that you bring that because if if those are your passions, it's so important to bring the real life to all of this. Because if you don't, it's impossible to get to know that person. And so as a person that's podcasting, writing, videoing, vlogging, whatever it might be, you've got to show your passions and your and your the the real stuff that goes on behind because that's the only way you're going to build uh, likability and and tr and ultimately trust because people buy from people they trust and and to to produce that trust you've got to show passion and that that comes from personality and so I you know I think it's important to bring all aspects in. Now we talked a little bit about Leeds Digital Festival and you've been fairly heavily involved in the organisation you've even ran some virtual events. Um, and uh, before we hit record, we mentioned that that people had joined from from Australia. Um, I asked the same thing of of, of Stuart yesterday um, when I when I interviewed Stuart Clark, uh, the 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 festival uh, director, and I said, "Look, and I I hope this doesn't come across as as rude. It's really not meant to. But why would someone from say Australia or beyond Leeds?" Join virtual events. Join because it is this hybrid uh, festival now, where there are physical and virtual events. Why? Why do people care what's going on in Leeds? And that's not a slight at Leeds. I'm from Newcastle. Like I would say the same thing about a, a Newcastle digital festival or a Manchester digital festival. London, rightly or wrongly, because it's the capital, has this identity. Whereas 
maybe some of the regional cities as a whole we talk about the northern powerhouse and and i i suppose that's to give it that i that identity but separately sometimes understanding how they all fit together and stand apart can be quite a puzzle yeah i think i think the the, the reality is that uh leeds has some fabulous uh up uh, uh very front running organizations in the digital world and 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 i would suggest that pretty much all the content at leeds digital festival has very little to do with leeds it's all to do with forward thinking digital technologies and uh, you know there's some in in health tech in fintech there's some there's some uh, fantastic examples and so um the i think i think the attraction is is actually more the content and less around the city and you know it doesn't really matter where it is it's about it's 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 about the content we did leeds digital festival because obviously because of covid last year went fully online um typically when i've done I mean, I've been involved with Leeds Digital Festival for about six years now. Uh, whenever I do workshops, you know, uh, I've had, let's say, I think at the, my busiest workshop I had about maybe a seminar, should I say, I had about maybe 120 people. Um, I had over 700 on one of the online ones I did last year. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it it was the power of being online, it, it, the ability to be able to increase that reach. So it's of no surprise to me that we are attracting people outside of the city to the content because it's just really good content that doesn't have a huge amount to do with Leeds. And where where do you see the future of the festival then? Because is it is it to to just build, you know, if you look at kind of how it grew pretty exponentially over those initial few years, you're now getting to the point where it's 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 got really quite a mature program and there's interest from government not just local businesses it's just quite interesting to see where where you think it might go yeah well, i mean i mean i've absolutely no idea where uh stuart sees it going um you know i i uh it's not something that we've discussed uh yet i guess um but uh i have a feeling that the leads part is really important because it is about um giving the tools to the uh the to the city to the businesses in the city to help everyone at a local level um mm. so i i i think that leads will still be a, a very important part uh but i wonder if you can still then make it uh more you know more international etc so uh yeah I, I i don't know but i i have a feeling leads will still be at the heart of it no, and forgive me, I, I know that you're not directly involved, but it's interesting to kind of get a feel from people about where they think it's heading, especially as we as we come out of the pandemic, I suppose. And and I, I it's, certainly, it's, it's interesting, isn't it, to know how important regional bias will be post-pandemic. Yeah, and I certainly see hybrid continuing. Um, I think, um, I, you know, as I say, uh, I think it's I think the the heart of it will be to support uh that leads organizations and mm. and and and, in, and and actually if anything ensure that leads gets more on the map uh globally so I, I think that would be the the key driver um and if that means opening it up more and, and going more international then then of course definitely but but all the all the time putting leads on the map so look coming coming back to one of our initial uh topics just to to round off. You said now is all about resetting, hitting the reset for 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 businesses. 
what what would you suggest that a, a company and organization um practically does now that can set them up really well for the next six months to year I, I mean, one of the things I suggested earlier is going back to, you know, what's the visions, what's the values, what's the uh, objectives. So it's all about re-looking at objectives, re resetting those and making sure that everything's aligned, making mm -hmm. sure that you understand the, you know, the why of the organization, the why of the business, why you're doing it, um, and, and making sure that that's been uh, looked at. And then it's about, okay, well, you know, this is what we want to achieve. This is what, you know, make it smart as well. So it's got to have numbers. It's got to be tangible. It's got to be, you know, what, what are we trying to achieve in the next two, three years, et cetera, but with some numbers on it. And then breaking that down and thinking, well, okay, how can we achieve that? And then really trying to dig into who the real target audiences are. And you might have multiple different target audiences for your organization, but, you know, which are the key ones that are going to drive some of these goals and some of these objectives? And then taking it just that step further, where do they hang out online and how am I going to engage with them? So target audience A, you know, where where are they predominantly? What what type of content do they consume? What are their problems? What are their pain points? And those are the key things to 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 be doing. But I guess, I guess, you know, just to uh, further answer your question, I guess bite-size all this down. So don't be overfaced with it. Just take a few steps back. Make sure that what it is you're trying to achieve is actually what what you're wanting to achieve. And just try something new. So just take one element of all of this and say, right, I'm going to try this. And and more importantly, test it. And if it see see if it works. So, you know, after a couple of weeks, look at what you're doing and think, is this working? Is it not? And if it's not, maybe stop and try something else until you find the, the thing that actually does drive the engagement. Well, look, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. We're at the halfway point, at the point of recording, we're at the halfway point of the Leeds Digital Festival. So I hope next week um, provides plenty more opportunities to talk to people and share ideas. But thanks for spending some time on the podcast this morning. It's been really delightful. Thank you so much. Hannah, do you bring the real life to work? The real life to work. I don't. I love how both of you said about Love Island, and I, I didn't watch it. I don't listen to any of that stuff. I thought that was a bit of a uh, Go on. interesting one. Interesting. As in, yeah, I think the stereotypical is <laughs> they would have thought that I would have listened to something or around that. That's the that's the first thing that I picked up. Being like, oh my gosh, they both listened and well watched didn't johnny say that he watched it and you listened to podcasts or something so i didn't watch it well i watched a few episodes of it this year but i didn't oh, really watch it this year. i did but i did listen to the podcast <laughs> but yeah no I, I barely watched it but i did listen to the podcast i'll tell you why i barely watched it and it's got nothing to do with the fact that i wouldn't have done my parents-in-law stayed with us for about four weeks um yeah yeah, and uh, mainly because they had to quarantine at the beginning and there's no way that they would have happily sat there through Love Island. <laughs> yeah, fair. Or even if they would, there just would have been lots of low-key comments from my mother-in-law that would have made it just a pain in the arse. <laughs> Not well, the viewing experience you want. <laughs> the pod no, no, exactly. But the podcast <laughs> is the most listened to in the UK. So I kind of think it's worth listening to. 
And you probably wouldn't think this, right? But they get really good high-grade comedians on. So like last series, they had Miles Job on it doing like a dictionary corner, which was quite funny because he basically like, he'd pull apart some of the ridiculous things that the, 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 the Islanders would say and give like false um, definitions for them in his very plummy best Radio 4 voice. Uh, so, you know, would you expect Miles Jupp to be on the Love Island podcast? No. Are you wondering who Miles Jupp is? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> he's a very he's a very highbrow Radio 4 comedian. That's probably why I don't know who he is. <laughs> okay. Oops. Inverted snobbery. Everybody else is saying, yeah. I know who that is, but anyway. Well, I don't know. I don't know whether my demographic listens to Radio 4. I'll be perfectly there honest. Radio, Radio 4 is like the hotbed of... It's like where so many good comedy series came from. But never mind. Never mind. That's a completely different conversation. <laughs> um, look, you create content. You're a marketeer. Do you take the time to do research? And, you know, I, I, I'll be perfectly honest. I, I probably don't spend a couple of weeks when I enter a platform just seeing what everyone else is saying. I thought it was an interesting... Yeah, aspect that he brought up about just listening to what's going on in the ground because that's so subjective. And also it is it all needs to be driven, as he said, by the objectives that you're really focusing on. Um, that's obviously really tricky to obviously turn around to your business and say, this is what I'm trying, but it is all kind of a trial and error and testing. And I read something recently about, you know, as marketers, we we have to be really humble because constantly things are failing, things that you thought were working suddenly stop working. You need to keep going back and trying different things. And yeah, the main takeaway for me was definitely start listening to more things, start investigating more things that are in the market and also trying things because he was saying that, you know, just try one thing new and see how that goes. Um, I don't know. I don't know. What did you take from it? Because you obviously create a lot more content and higher brow content than I do. I don't know about higher brow. <laughs> Just on Canva going, oh, hopefully this will be okay. But... Hey, look, I, I do very similar. Um, yeah, look, I, I think what I took away from that, right, is there is this perception when you start creating content that, Everything needs to be just so. And people are very scared to put anything out there if it doesn't look right, if it doesn't sound right, it's got to be polished, it's got to be... And that's totally the wrong way of looking at it. And when you come across someone like Johnny or other people that I've spoken to in the past, and the advice generally is, first ten of whatever you do is going to be shit, don't worry about it. And that's from people who've really cracked it. Yeah. And it's like, hang on a minute, yeah, that that's fair. Like now everyone is everyone is starting from scratch. And also it doesn't really matter. Like Joe Wicks, when he started his Instagram channel, I'm willing to bet the first few of those cooking videos were probably pretty ropey. Mm. It's not like anyone goes back and looks at them. Um and I imagine that they weren't the format that he eventually hit on that made him the the, the social media star and then the, the public figure for fitness that he is today. Yeah. But you only get there by trying ideas, by throwing it out, by going, no, no one, no one bothered interacting with that. The engagements were low. Sod it. Try again. Yeah. And it's <clears throat> it's not so much that it's anything new. It's just that, okay, 
here's someone who's a professional who does this, who loves this, and they are saying they are echoing the same stuff. And it's, don't worry about it being perfect. Don't worry about it failing. Just, just try stuff. I think it's also parking your ego at the door. Because yeah. I think a lot of people are really scared. You know, everyone's like, get, you know, employee advocacy. Let's get everybody involved in it. And a lot of people are that, you know, that fear of failure. But I think it's more the fear of their ego being damaged by something. Like if it's not in line with something or they listen back and they cringe at it, then it's more of a, oh, I just won't attempt it ever again. Instead of it being like, okay, that might have been a bit cringy, which, you know, I always do on these. I always think back and I'm like, huh. <laughs> but, yeah, but I've, done, I've done plenty of stuff where I've walked away at the end and gone, oh, shit, that didn't really go the way that I wanted it to and felt like, oh, that probably reflects poorly. Like, you're supposed to be this person that can pull these this this thing off and it didn't quite work. And you've just got to kind of go, all right, fine. Well, at least we know that doesn't work. Yeah. it's Yeah, it's all a learning experience. I think... Yeah, I think what he was saying about lots of people attending and lots of people, you know, the aspect that loads of people are chiming in from all over the world, I think reflects maybe that everybody's just trying to learn as well. Like it's all a bit of a, let me see, even if it is from a different country, even if it's from, you know, a, a festival somewhere, if it's all information that's going to be helpful, then at least I can impart something from it. Yeah, yeah. I, I did find it interesting though in terms of what he's saying around around listening and looking at what's going on. Because here's here's one end, right, which is enterprise and it's corporate and whatever else. I've got um a friend who's got a TikTok channel, right? That he started in the pandemic. Um and let's have a look, because I haven't had a look in a few weeks. But he got stuck in Bali and he started this thing where he's basically kind of a quite well spoken English boy. Uh, trying really hot few food which sounds terrible doesn't it i realize that that description sounds absolutely <laughs> awful but he has got eight hundred and seventy-one thousand followers and his videos have got 16.6 million likes wow yeah okay. so his most recent video yeah or sorry this one is pinned 9.3 million plays wow started this channel about a year ago and I asked him, what do you do? And all he told me... <laughs> Tell me your secret. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know, I know him well enough that... Because he actually produced quite a lot of stuff for Harvey Nash a few years ago in Tech Talks, like videos and stuff. He's, he's, he's super, super good at um, editing and putting together his content. So the content he puts together, he, he knows how to make it look good, right? Yeah. But all he said was, you just look at the trends, you just see what other people are doing. You just watch mm -hmm. the trends and you jump on trends. I think, yeah, I think, you know, we us talking about TikTok, us talking about Joe Wicks, it does, there does need to be a bit of a conversation around who is your target audience though. And I know that Johnny touched on it in the, in the conversation is that, you know, B2C is completely different to B2B. I know that there's that authenticity. It's that, you know, people buy from people, that aspect. But the way that you go about things, especially when you're an established brand, I'm obviously talking from Harvey Nash's point of view, it's, it's quite challenging to say what's going to work in a similar way to saying, oh, 
Joe Wicks did this, or you know, it's on TikTok, and what's right. what's yeah. the latest trend for this? Because it's really different, you know, when you're talking to higher people that are the decision makers. What is going to resonate with them? But that, that's where I think that you have to. Um, that's where I think you have to empower individuals within your business, because with the best will in the world your company page can have a lot of followers, but the engagements aren't still, they're not going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. It's going to be very difficult to get people to really engage with a brand yeah. unless it's a really well-known brand. And even then they, they're using collaborations with, with serious influences yeah. to get the traction that they want. But your individuals, you know, Harvey Nash group has a couple of thousand followers. I've got 10,000 followers. Like, most most staff within Harvey Nash have got thousands of followers and connections yeah. that they can create engaging content with. And mm. yeah, all right, TikTok and Joe Wicks is 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 one thing, mm. but there are plenty of examples of people out there um, who are using this in in a more business focused enterprise setting. There's someone mm. called Holly Boothroyd who we've had on the podcast who has an Instagram channel called Her Hello World, which is all about helping young people understand what career opportunities there are for them in tech. And I interviewed her a year ago, roughly, and she had 16,000 followers, and she's now got 35,000 followers. And she's not on TikTok. It's not, yeah, yeah. you know, she's not like doing fitness. She's talking about careers in technology, mm. squarely in our area. But she has tuned in again to the... The, the, the trends and the themes and and she's building a following quickly yeah and I think it's only a, it's going to move that way I think that's where it is going to be there's somebody that I follow um and he works for a business and he's you know he makes these really funny videos and it's kind of become a full company aspect and they've really you know developed that and invested in it so they've made kind of a whole international element around it as well so i think it is only going to go that way it's just obviously finding those individuals making sure that they can leave kind of the ego at the door and saying let's just have a crack at it you know we're all here supporting you it's not something that's debilitating it should be seen as something you know as yeah. empowering and giving people a bit of freedom yeah all right we've got brand guidelines we've got tone of voice the company has but as long as people don't run roughshod over that, giving them a bit of leeway, giving, you know, yeah. coming back to that, coming back to that piece that Johnny said, right, the right towards the end of it, you know, bring the real life, you know, show your passion, show the individual. Ooh. That's what you can do that a brand can't do. But if you work for a brand and you're proud of that brand, then by extension, you are them. Yeah, it's, um, it's a weird one, is it? Because everyone at the moment that I'm speaking to is a bit like, but if something goes wrong in your job or if something goes really well, that's not you. That's not you as a person. That's not you as a personality. And I think a lot of people put value on their or their self-worth a bit and they attach it to their their work. And what we're saying is that we can tap into that and we can like use it as a new branch of our business. But also that how do then people disconnect to that in a way as well? I think that's you know it's such a balance in that sense you know are you your work are you a part of your personality is it a passion of yours is it not and you know there's such a huge you know spectrum of it I don't know is that is any of that relevant but <laughs> totally because I think it's 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 
it's a it's a debate at the heart of a lot of businesses about how they interact with their with their audiences right right now you know what what are we what i what is our audience what is our tone of voice what is our message what is our and there is a real kind of took a war going on at the heart of lots of organizations about what that should look like yeah super interesting chat <laughs> do why you look nervous i'm not nervous i think it's just um yeah, I think it's interesting. And I think listening to the audience, I don't know how he does that on a day to day. That might listening be listening to Love Island. No. <laughs> it's his secret. <laughs> yeah, but no, I think that would be an interesting part. But maybe that's just, you know, maybe you have to attend one of his talks to find out. But yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But whilst um, we've got you, the other thing that we wanted to mention. Uh, if you have a look at the Coders Guild, they have an LGBTQ hack. Um, applications for that deadline is the 1st of October. So if you're listening to this when it goes out on the 30th of September, there's still potentially time to enter. So go to Google, type in the Coders Guild, type in LGBTQ plus hack. You will find it totally amazing. Um, loving that it's in Inclusion Week 2. So that would be awesome. Uh, Hannah, thank you very much for your time. Thanks. I don't